We are live. Hello, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Podcasters Unleash. Today, I'm joined with Simon from a uh, in Africa Investor Stories. I'm joined with Nelson, uh, investing in America. Sorry, why am I missing this? And Victor from uh, Diaspora Entrepreneur Podcast and Kaula from Women With Stories. We will, um, I think Carla will join us later on. She's having some technical problems. Till then, we're gonna continue our show. And, uh, oh, she's here on time, perfect. And so we have Carla from Wonder and Wellbeing. Hello, guys. We're gonna talk about, is America still a greatest country in the world? Is, is America still a um, global leader? Uh, to be honest, audience, we were deciding to talk about a different topic um, last week. We were deciding to talk about a different topic for today. But then January 6th happened. And we're like, okay, how can we miss this and not talk about it? I want to give you why it was a historic day for America and the world, really. United States facing domestic terrorism. Thousands of people converging onto the Capitol and the seat of legislative branch of government after, after having the disinformation and fake news by the President Trump. I think the violence that we saw that day is the direct responsibility of the President. For non-Americans, I want to tell this so you can realize the scale of what happened. Last time we had an election like this was 1876 and still the transition was handled more responsibly. We never had a sitting president actually to undermine the outcome of a free and fair election. Even Senate Majority Leader McConnell came out and said the president's effort to overturn the election votes was a threat to the heart of democracy and it should be stopped. So, um, since we're all from different parts of the world, let's see what your people, your country was thinking about America before and what is it thinking about America now? So maybe Simon, let's go. How's UK thinking about America now? Well, I can't speak, speak for 67 million people. <laughs> I can only speak from uh, my point of view. I think, the whole situation with Trump, everybody gives him a hard deal. My thing is this, he's not different from the other presidents, but they just don't talk what they feel, yeah? Um, the other presidents are more diplomatic, let's say, and but their actions, you know, for instance, from the black American experience, they don't really support and all of those kind of things. And everything's just manifesting now. And it is what it is. In, in that respect, I wouldn't say America has, is like the global leader. I wouldn't say it's a country that is a great example to follow. I'm not knocking, America's brought many things to the table on the international policy, which is great. But then if you look at many of the wars and the issues, they're just following in Britain's footsteps. Britain was a red coat <laughs> stomping through the world, causing many problems. And there's many of the problems that we have today in the world are based on the fact of what Britain's done and America's done the same. Syria, Iraq, Libya, it's all down to them finding these fake weapons of mass destruction and attacking countries that, you know, 
weren't really an issue. Now we've we're in these predicaments, but there's you know, there's always going to be bad bad decisions made and different things. But if you look at America as a whole, um, it's quite you could say in certain things the services they give their public is quite archaic, in the sense of us in Europe we have free healthcare. I don't see how you cannot how you can pay taxes and your government doesn't give you free healthcare. That's a minimum standard. Um, you know, that's that's something kind of dark ages. There's a sheriff of Nottingham coming along, taking all your money. Well, you're taking us to dark ages now. No, I'm just telling you, but it's true though. Why would you take taxes from people and you don't give them free healthcare? It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I don't know how the American public can stand for that in that respect, regardless. When I was in the military and I used to speak to the American soldiers, but they used to find it absurd that you, the government, would give them free healthcare as not just as the, not as the military, but as the public. And it's a whole different mindset of thinking. But really and truly, these are the reasons why you pay taxes: infrastructure, sanitation, law and order, healthcare. You know, those kind of things. And these are many things that cause a nation to fall down when people aren't being looked after because that's where this whole trump thing's come about you've got what 70 million people are unhappy really unhappy and they're usually from the working class but anyway okay let's see how we say you're from that uh you're in nigeria now as well so you can give us both mm -hmm. elements there yeah, thank you, Matilda. And um, good point, Simon. What I'll say is that um, as an African and um, someone who has cherished the ideals of democracy, um, the rule of law, how it's been portrayed by the Americans when it comes to election time in Africa, the Americans want to like, come in to be a big brother or be the like shining example, one of the gold, the golden staff. But looking at what is going on right now in regards to the election, my own perspective, and for majority of the people I speak with regards to the election, and the way Trump or the government is handling this, it's a shame. Regards the election. Whoa. So it's a shame. Whoa. I'm hearing myself again. Yeah. So it's a shame that America would like be so disorganized and kind of get so high or so so high in their own in their own supply, if I'll use that word, or be too see America is not too big to fail. So now they are failing, they are declining from what is going on in the world. Every day the media is actually showing the belly of the beast that is happening in America right now. From the, the last the last 12 months has been one shit show after the other when it comes to America. So, yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, I would say not too many people want to, like, if, say, a million people goes to the American embassy every year, I tell you this year, 2021, it may reduce to maybe 900,000 or 850,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, let's see how Carla thinks about it. Carla, I think you will have a very interesting input as well. You're from Scotland, yes? 
and you worked in uh, Middle East, in Qatar. So I think, and for a long time, so I think you can have a perspective of how these two region of people were thinking about America. Do we, do you think America is still great or no? Um, yes and no. Uh, I think some people still see America as the model. They see it as the best um, experiment that was ever taken place between in, in human history, you know, and they see that there were so many advancements that happened um, once America became, you know, the dominant world power um, and the kind of reference point for everybody to look to. And I think that there are still some things that make that model great. However, I think that in the, the last few years, I think definitely since just before Trump became elected, I think Trump gets blamed for a lot of things, but actually I don't think that he's actually in charge of anything. Um, I think that he's very representative of a certain group of Americans who have a certain idea, and I think that that's why he was voted in. But I think that America's become a bit of a laughing stock, um, to be honest, in the last few years since that. Since the pre-election, I think that people have been just like, are you kidding me right now? Is this supposed to be what we are looking at as the model for the way we should run the world? I think a lot of it's very, it's almost borders on comedy. Um, and it, a lot of stuff that would have been in, in sitcoms or funny television shows, you know, many, many years ago, it's actually playing out on the world stage. And that's, it, it's really not funny when you think about how it affects people's lives. So I think, yes, it is still a power. It has potential. And there are still some benefits, but there are also some really ridiculous things going on. Um, and that's how I would say people see things. Um, from my experience living in the Middle East, I was living there and working there when Trump was elected. And I all kind of gathered around you know, in, in Zafru, um, a group of teachers, and, and we were debating whether or not he would be elected. And, and we were split down the middle. People were saying, no, there's no way that they could elect such a silly man um, as the president. And then there was another group of us that were saying, and I was in that group, I was saying they actually could because he is representative of the people. Um, and that's what a president is. Um, and so at that time, I remember a lot of people saying, this is crazy. If he gets to be elected, this is going to ch change the world and it's not going to change it in a good way. And I think that that is definitely what's happened. I think that that's come true. Um, and that was people who were living and working in the Middle East from that perspective. Um, and I also know a lot of people from Middle Eastern background that I met and worked with and made friends with and socialized with. They have no respect for Trump or for the United States as a country. They see them as troublemakers and meddlers in other people's affairs and always fixing other people's country when actually they need to concentrate on their own. So, wow. <laughs> you know, when you're living in America, you think everyone loves you. It seems like, whoa, <laughs> uh, well, let's go with Carla. <laughs> what do you think? That? Do you think, um, yeah, how, how is America? I mean, you're living in France and you yeah. are in the Middle East. You lived in different countries as well. So how, what is your take and what is your people's take from this? Well, I think for the last uh, years for America, America lost its credibility, but I don't think that, um, that it's losing its power because America has a lot of things to offer in terms of technology, universities, education. They have very influential areas like military, economics, and other areas. So I think it's because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic happened. Uh, there are some issues that were re revealed in the, um, in the in, um, health system of America. And uh, this thing should be taken care of. 
And like Simon said about uh, the health insurance for people, that's a little bit weird that people are paying taxes without getting any benefits from it. So it's very different from the European system, where like in France, it's, as we call it in, in French, pays de droit. It's like a, um, um, a country with rights. So you have the right to have free education and free healthcare and to access to employment. And I think that a lot of people are focusing on Trump as a person. And mm -hmm. that's not uh, really the issue. The issue that when you elect a leader, you elect its political party. So we need to see the, all the, the people inside the political party and how they are taking care of the American issues. Are they really uh, resolving the issues? Are they really um, taking the, um, what is called the, the original constitution or just living a version of it. So we really need to think about uh, the political party and not just blaming the leader as what he has done. Actually, Trump, uh, he, has done, he has done really, he didn't excel in a lot of areas, but I think he had resolved uh, some issues uh, that other leaders have failed. Like in the Israel-Palestinian thing, he tries to do accords with Bahrain, Sudan, and Emirates to have um, a cooperation with Israel. Something that a lot of leaders, uh, even in Republican or uh, or the other uh, other uh, leaders, didn't really try to to focus on this thing. But what, yeah, what I think. His, uh, just out of curiosity, what was his success with the Israeli-Palestinian issue? Yeah. Yeah, so he tried to to make better uh, relations, like with uh, Morocco, relations with Israel, Oman, and Sudan and Emirates. So he tries to enhance the relationship with Israel, so we can, so they can have better business uh, with each right, other. Right, right. So they can so have Joe a better business. One second. Yeah. So, that, so they can have a better business relationship with Israel. Yeah. What about the Palestinians? Yeah, I don't think no, but. I don't think that the Palestinian-Israeli thing could be resolved. No one resolved thing. I said Trump at least tried to improve things, but I don't think that uh, any leader tried to, to enhance things. Of course, the Palestinian-Israeli thing is not resolvable because it is really Right, it was just because you said Israeli-Palestinian, so, so that kind of perked up my ears. And, and I just want to clarify, is that um, under President Obama, okay, um, when Israel went into Lebanon, you know, the United yeah. States was very firm about stop bombing the crap out of Lebanon. So I think that serves some credit. The um, Mount Sinai Accords where Egypt got back the Sinai, Egypt got back the Sinai, that place where people love to jump in and swim, that was under uh, President Jimmy Carter. Okay, yeah, so but they do also, yeah, right, Egypt on. also have pacted with, with Israel and they have really cooperated after, after the war with them, so, right? Right, yeah. because the United States underwrites both of their military aid packages. So, the number yeah. one recipient of, of U.S. military aid in the world is Israel, the second largest recipient of U.S. military aid is Egypt. So, when you're getting that big check, people get along. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I should have jumped in like that. Go, go for it, guys. No, no, so now you should give me about your opinion about what, uh, how people were looking in America before and now. 
Well, you know, um, yeah, I, I have I a... Just a second, just a second, Nelson, before you jump in. Oh. We have a comment from Marianne Rothman. The US, the US is a very complex place. I firmly believe you must live there for an extensive amount of time to really understand the systemic issues that exist. That's a comment from Marianne. Go ahead, Nelson. Okay. Um, this is... Um, and the thing that we're talking about, first of all, I have a I have a multi-angle perspective, right? And I think that the more perspectives that we can hold, the the more ways we can look at the at a problem set. So I was born in the U.S. I grew up overseas, okay, and then I came back to the U.S. So I grew up overseas and in the U.S. Um, I went abroad to live, uh, part military, uh, and then part is um, you know in the private sector. So, you know, when folks say free healthcare, there's no such thing as free healthcare. People pay taxes, they get healthcare. So that's what's happened in Europe. People pay, they say, hey, it's free healthcare. No, you gotta pay taxes, then the healthcare is provided. So it's not really this quote word, free. Um, and, and, and there's something, um, two things, something that Kaola said, uh, power and then credibility. The power of the United States is its credibility. That is the power of the United States. It's not our military. It's not our, you know, all these things that people assume is power, our aircraft carriers, our submarines, our ability to do those things. It's our credibility, all right? Um, is it, um, we have a comment here. I'm curious whether you think a retired US citizen should move to. Um, well, I'm not moving. So, and, I, and I'll throw that out to, the, to everyone else. So, so it's our credibility that's at stake, right? Like any company, you have credibility in that company, right? You buy a German vehicle, you don't expect it to break down. The same thing with a Japanese vehicle, right? So, so it's a question about US credibility. Are we living up to the image that we've created of what the United States is all about, right? You see that in movies, you see that in TV shows. Um, so that's really what's at stake here. Is our credibility at stake? And, and in the United States, we do have a problem with ignorance, right? A lot of folks don't travel. Well, I don't need to travel. So they don't really know what the heck's going on in London or the Middle East or Paris or Africa, right? And um, so we have a huge problem with ignorance. Uh, Carla, you hit it on right there. So it's easy to quite manipulate people when you tell them, hey, healthcare, oh my goodness, that's socialism. And that sends people off on the deep end, right? They really don't know what the heck that means. It just sends them off on the deep end. And um, and you and it's you know people will vote against their own self interest because they just don't know they just don't know so that's that certain demographic um, of folks and maybe within that demographic of people they might feel feel not that they are but they might feel that they're losing some type of power real or perceived they might feel that they are real or perceived. Um, and what I would venture to say is that a lot of folks don't understand is that the power of the U.S., I repeat, is our credibility. Um, the power of the U.S. is that somebody in South Africa wants to buy a Ford truck. That's the power of the United States. When you go to Mexico, that's a luxury car in a lot of countries overseas, a Ford truck. That is power. And a lot of folks haven't made that link. So that, that, that's it for me. 
interesting um, um, Nelson I want to ask you guys one question and I want to I want you guys to look at it in your country as well I think and, 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 and one second Matilda so let me let me give you an example and and I and I'll just lay it out there I am not a pro-Trump guy right um, I'll just say it out there out loud um, but in line with this leadership of the United States, now he did try to militarize this and make it, you know, big flag waving, is Space Force, right? That is a new, the newest component of the U.S. military, Space Force. It is, it is designed to look at threats from space, not other countries, threats from space. So let's say a meteor is going to hit the planet. It is actually designed to keep an eye on threats from space. So that is somewhere where people say, the U.S. takes the lead. Will we be able to do it all by ourselves? No. But it's a place where the U.S. took the lead to design a space force to look out into space. So, you know, that, that's just an example. Yeah, okay. uh, Nelson, yeah, Matilda, just a second. Nelson, when you're talking about the America's power, it is its military Straight power, but the military plays a huge role. Not, not its credibility is great, but see, this is the times that we are right now. Information is flowing both ways. That so many knowledge is coming up, so many information right now is available to us. Whereby we compare, we just we start comparing right now. We use toothpick to find term to pick out stuff. So America right now is credibility. See, elections is coming in. Um, 2023 in Nigeria, when something goes wrong, the elector uh, not not the electorate, but the um, the candidates they start shouting towards America, oi, 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 come, 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 come and look here. There's serious practices going on here. Come, come. So we start shouting for America to come to us. But now 2023, if you call America's name in any election. See, when, they, when, when the observers come now, they'll be looked at like, okay, so what do you want? You can't even handle your own stuff. So America credibility is not its superpower, it's not its power right now, but it's military and it's straight power. That is, that is the superpower that I think America still has. But credibility-wise, um, so, you need to read right. But Victor, right. so, let me, uh, one second. But so, Victor, what do you mean? Our entrepreneurship is uh, top in the world. We bring ideas to the world. This is our strength. Our ca the capitalism, I think, is one of the strengths of America. Not only the military. Yeah, trade. That's why I say trade. trade. Military and trade. Well, I would okay. say. Okay. So I'm asking. Yeah, Simon. What do you want to say? What I would say to that is, you can have trade. But the way America has operated like Britain had in the industrial era, you need an army to enforce your trade on people. You need an army to secure your ability to trade. And that's where America comes in. And I'm not here to sit here and slander America because Britain, we our history is not the best at all. But in the light of America, I agree with what Victor's saying. With, you have a big military for a reason. And you go to countries and put the boot down for a reason. It's to enable your trade. It's to enable big business. It's to support the big business who put you in power. 
So without the big, without the military, you can't do anything. So you see what I mean? And and you know what? Let me read something out we just got here. Um, Sasha, technically, USA about weapons and are not at the top. Just see the new technology on hypersonic missiles in Russia or China. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, well, we could go into all kinds of discussions um, uh, about weapons, and you know, we we might even know a little bit about that in this group, just a little bit. Um, because unless you try that out stuff for real, you don't know if it works. Um, but, and, and again, we're talking in the US, the power of the US is really things like our credibility, accountability, you know? Um, and again, what Simon says about what happened with the British empire is very true. Um, you know, they, they thought they could control the world. Uh, wait a minute, I got a comment then. Uh, Fred Villalobos, USA has no credibility internationally. We have been behind in too many forced regime changes and failed coups. People in general have learned not to trust our word. Hmm, see that, that's the key thing I'm getting to that. People in general have learned not to trust our word because in four years, another group of folks come into power and leave you out to dry. So, so our credibility, that is where our power is. Thank you very much, Fred. Um, let me give you an example. U.S. accountability. Um, that is something in the U.S. at the top. So I'm going to give you guys an example of how this accountability, right? When, when we had the problem with the Iranians, that they had the problem with us, we froze their assets in the United States. We kept their money that was here. We froze it. It was frozen. Um, and then later on, under the Obama administration, they got money back. That is a huge thing, is a pro-investing in America. Why? That's accountability. Any other country would have confiscated that money, would have said, hey, it's ours. No, we froze it because you're not going to use it against us. At the same time, we can use it as a tool. But guess what? That's accountability. That's saying property ownership, private ownership is key here. So even though Iran is an enemy or pseudo enemy or sometimes enemy and took over our embassy, we froze their assets. We didn't take their money. We didn't steal their money. And when times got better, here's some of your money back. So that's a huge amount of accountability. That tells foreign investors, we're never going to steal your stuff. We're never going to have, oh, you know, now we're going to nationalize a company. No. Uh, Nelson, okay. I would say to that, that's more international law playing, doing what it's meant to do. Well, regardless, regardless no, of, it, no, it, let me finish, please. Okay. Regardless of you making it out that it's America, there's a law set out and it's usually based on English common law where you have to abide by certain rules and regulations. So in that case, yes, America felt they had the right to freeze somebody, another country's assets under the law of the international community and therefore they had to give it back. As a Western country, I wouldn't expect anything less. Don't put that down to the Americans behaving themselves and doing something just because there's a law which they had to abide by. So I would venture to say that's accountability um, because law. there's international law everywhere. But, you know, companies, countries get they get nationalized every which way. OK, they get okay. nationalized. So that, that's that's an example. OK. And I lived in Latin America. I know a lot of our listeners are here in Latin America. And they know that that money can disappear from a bank like that. So that is the accountability. That's credibility, accountability. Okay. 
Interesting. So let's talk another topic, because if we can go on and on about this, let's talk about the um, Trumpism is a problem in the world. You know, even if he's not going to be a president now, he still have million diehard followers and access to billion dollars. Anti-establishment sentiment that was tapped into by Trump, and it will continue by others. It's going to be a problem later on, and violence and maybe civil war will be the outcome of it. What do you guys think? I mean, um, what, do you, what is your take on it? Do you think Trumpism is going to be in your country as well? Do you have something like this in your countries? Just to jump in there, Matilda, if you look at it, every demographic in any country has a say or has probably a gripe, that unless you're like that 1% or you're that privilege. So you had the black community who are unhappy, the George Floyd and all that issue. Yeah. So when you're talking about accountability um, on these situations, that's a prime example. George Floyd's nothing new and there's been no real accountability. The, the, <laughs> the photo they show of the man, the policeman in jail, in regards to let the other three, three go, is not even in. You can look at that and say, that's not the same bloke. It's someone different, but they just palmed it off. But then g g going on to... <laughs> Going on, what you're saying is that what, I, what I'm saying here, sorry, is that you've got different groups. So Trump's people are there because they're unhappy. They're unhappy because whether it's big business or politicians has failed them. The same way the black community in America, the poor black community are unhappy. And I'm sure you've probably got some South American community, Hispanic community, whatever they call them, who are unhappy. So you're always going to have those things until politicians in general do their job. And then you yeah. also you have sorry, also you have the politicians who just like what we have here in England stirring the pot, saying it's foreigners, that's why we need to leave. It's those foreigners, they're the problem. They're taking our benefit, they're taking this, they're taking that. But in realistic, if you look at it, most foreigners who come to if I'm talking about England now, who come here are in their early twenties. They're not coming for benefit, they're coming to work. They do all the main jobs. So politicians are causing problems and then it's all going upside down. But you know what, Simon, what we're seeing play out right now in the United States, it's, uh, it won't happen in Canada, Germany or France or UK today. Historically, perhaps, yes, but not today. Why we're seeing this in America? Is it because the equality of the opportunity is not there? Is this, what is this? What do you guys think of it? If you look at that America situation, go on. No, I mean, I, I was going to say, I, I think, I think you have, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes you know, pe people just don't know how good they got it, right? Um, and you have a fair amount of ignorance. You have this kind of movement in the world towards authoritarian rulers, and I think part of it is because people they don't have a frame of reference. They 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 don't know what bad really is. Okay, they really don't. I mean, there's places where it's bad. But a lot of people don't remember bad because they never had to live through bad. Um, and you have this kind of authoritarian Trump type rulers, you know, strong men appearing. Um, you have this in South Africa, right? I mean, there's a group in South Africa who say that Nelson Mandela was a sellout. And this is just a parallel. So why do you consider him to be a sellout? Because he didn't go after and kill the whites and kill them all out. And we should have had a civil war. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you freaking nuts? Find Yugoslavia on the map. Oh, you can't. Why? Because they did that. 
and it doesn't exist anymore. So you have this movement of people who don't really remember what bad really is. So yeah. it's easy to fall prey to, you know, the strongman rulers. But now uh, 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 you have to remember that more than 70 million people voted for Trump. More than 70 million after all he's done. Why right. America is choosing someone like Trump? Well, well I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Again, you have a bunch of people, one, who don't know what really bad is. You can have 70 million people who don't know. Who they just don't know. They think they do, you know, and then it's easy to manipulate them because they just don't know. You know, you tell them a word, you say like it's socialism, ah, they go bonkers. Okay, you tell them it's the Arabs, yeah, they go bonkers. But they've never left where they've ever been. Okay, they they don't, and and that's maybe a um, a lesson in ignorance. And ignorance, I mean, like not teaching civics in school, not teaching what it means to be a good citizen. Um, to live in a democracy, that's like a part-time job. And having that part-time job just doesn't mean I'm going to watch MSNBC or CNN or Fox News and I'm going to be in my little silo. To be in a democracy means I'm going to, I got to work more. You know, I'm, I'm going to work more. And work more means I have to be more engaged. Okay. I'm I'm engaged. Fred right here got some says something. I'm a Trump supporter. The problem is that we see is a complete disconnect between our elected leaders and our direct interests. Yeah. Um, to them, it is more important to spend 700 million USD for gender trans studies in Pakistan than actually provide help to people who require it. And this goes for both Republican Democrats and Republicans. Okay. So, Carla, what um, do you think about it? Absolutely. Let's go to see Carla. You're not talking today much. No, I'm trying to listen because I don't live in America, so I can't judge uh, too much. But I think that when I see all the news and what's happening, I think the uh, United States is a very big country. And you have the United States is very deeply and badly divided. So it's a very divided country. You have It's a country of immigrants. So we have a lot of uh, mentality, I'm thinking that it's very different. You can't have a unified mindset. Um, and I do think that Trump had had before fans, before going to the elections. If you see um, um, uh, his documentary about Trump, he had really uh, great people that, that, that believed in him as a leader. And I, I remember him, uh, there is a reporter said to him, uh, are you going to run for president election and he said no i'm not going to do it because i'm a businessman and i think he is a businessman he's a great businessman and he is um uh, done really great things in uh, in usa as a businessman but not as a leader Interesting. Um, yeah yeah so okay, okay so for example so that's a narrative right so whoever controls a narrative controls what's saying um i do not consider president trump to be such a great businessman okay there is a narrative a story that he is most of his business interests have actually failed. He's made money in bankruptcy court, but not through come business on, operations. Okay. Come on, so, come no, on, no, no, come on. I'm a real estate guy, but yeah, Trump is a fantastic business. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me give an example. Okay. Hold on, hold on. If I could, it's just like the narrative we have right now. We're number one. Right. That's a narrative. It's a story. 
Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Now we are number one, a lot of things, but I'll give you a narrative that when in baseball, we say we're world champs in baseball. We're the only country that plays baseball, but we say we're world champs. So, so, so let, let me just wrap this thing up. So the narrative, he's an incredible businessman, but yet no one can actually highlight any of his incredible businesses. What about okay? that Schroeder apprentice? Okay. Well, one second. Well, hold on. Hold on. We had two comments. Um, one from Fred. How many wars did he get us into? Okay. I, I Sorry. It kind of went quick. I just wanted to read that out. And then Mar okay, with, with all the rhetoric about nationalism, how many wars did Trump get us into? Okay, so that that's a good that's a good question right there. That's and, what I would point out. Sorry, okay, no, so hold on, hold on. And, and Marianne, many nations worldwide live under troubled circumstances because of the influence from foreign governments. The U.S. and the U.K. have both been involved in Iran, and we are yeah. still witnessing the consequences. So. Let's I'm go back to the on. first question from Fred. We'll hit that and then we'll come back and then, but Matilda, it's actually your show. Yeah, let's, but because I want to make, I want to ask something from Carla and I've been dying to ask this. Since you're a teacher and you observe from students, I think it will be interesting if you can see his character. How do you describe his character? Do you see people like him in your classrooms? And also I want to see, how his communication skills mesmerized a lot of people in the world because he has a lot of voters. So there is a way that he was mesmerizing these people. He's, he, was a, he, had his, he has a charisma. So what do you see as a teacher, as an observer? What was your point on it? Well, I would say his charisma has got a lot to do with his bank balance because I think that people venerate the rich. And I think the rich are held up on a pedestal. Um, if you look at the things that people uh, celebrate and have celebrated for a long time globally, it's the accumulation of wealth. And so anybody who's been able to take themselves from um, an ordinary life or a low life up to a, a position of wealth, and with wealth comes power, that person tends to be um, given honor without was really looking at their character. And I think we've seen time and time again in the last you know, in our generation, should I say, because I could only speak for that time, that um, wealth um, and prestige and power um, trumps, pardon the pun, um, character. And I think leadership now is all about money and character. Trump got voted in because Trump had money and he was able to use that money to get himself um, political power. And I don't know about politics, but I know that that's as simple as it was. And the rest of it is just, it's fluff. It's just extra details. Um, and in terms of what I see as a teacher and character, I think that that's what the kids are picking up. The kids have picked up the message that if you're rich and powerful, nothing else matters. That is what people aspire to be. And kids are being bombarded with all these images and all these ideas that the most important thing is how much money you make and, and screw everything else, screw values. And, on that point, I just want to throw out there, there was a comment earlier where it said um, a kingdom divide or a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I was thinking, where did that come from? Where did that comment come from? And then I remembered it comes from the Bible. And the irony of that is the United States is supposed to be a Christian country still to this day. Yes, it's divided and a lot of people are atheists and this, that and the other, but it still claims to be founded on Christian values. And when they're ready, they jump up on the stage and shout about God bless this and God bless that. However, in their own holy book, 
it says that a kingdom divided against itself can't stand and a house divided against itself can't stand. But yet there's so much division in America. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that people overlook about America and why it's, it's on tricky ground is because of the division. And I think it was Simon that mentioned earlier about the Black Lives Matter and all of this. This is not a new thing. You have to remember that in America, black people or what they call black people, which is also an awful terminology, have been fighting for basic human rights since the, the abolished abolition of slavery. And that's ridiculous. And that's just sidelined. It's, it's swept aside. And people talk about all sorts of other things and other issues in society. When if you can't give a significant number of your population their human rights, what, what can you do realistically? And I think all of those things are messages that kids are picking up. So in answer to your question, I mean, I could give a really long answer, but I think that sums up a couple of the points. So do you think uh, we are a nation, like America is a nation that we value wealth more than wisdom? Absolutely, yes. I think that's evidenced by even things like the toxins that are pumped out into the water, um, you know, and all the different things that they do in the name of, of economics, which are detrimental to human life. You know, it's a, there's a, a kind of a joke at the moment that everybody's running around worrying about a virus killing people. But what about all the other things that have been killing people that are the results of capitalism? Exactly. And I'm not even going to call out some of the big companies that are revered globally and up there on the stock market and what they've been doing, because I'm not a scientist. But I think we know what we're talking about, you know, chemicals and all that stuff, killing kids, cancer, all these things that are, that are the results, some of them, of capitalism. And companies exactly. in large amounts... Um, uh, Carla, I love how you're talking about capitalism and I wanted to ask you guys before it ends because I want, for example, Victor's point of view in this. Do you think capitalism is to blame? Uh, hey, well, Matilda, Mat Mat yeah. one second. We've got a comment here from Ms. V. Power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. In reference to that quote, being known as a, is, oh, is being known as a superpower actually positive? Well, I guess it depends how the power is used, right? Yeah. Okay. Matilda, back to you. Uh, so That's from Miss V. Victor, do you think um, is capitalism to blame? Because same thing that created true greatness in U.S. economy is the past decades that we are, you know, alone and we're aligned with the animal spirit of capitalism that supported entrepreneurs and market forces. But when the market no longer works for the average person and the labor doesn't matter anymore because, you know, for coronavirus hey, no, well, just a quick thing coming from fred uh fred he trump speaks as we would speak to each other no fluff we're tired of political tongue twisters we get enough sermons at church and the media well i ain't been at church for a while in temple either in synagogue so and one last thought our downfall is and will be social media people putting people in echo chambers and no benefits so that's almost like another topic right there, social media. Um, back, back to you, Matilda. So, <laughs> so uh, one second, I want to make sure that we understand this, that you know, maybe some countries, they weren't very good with capitalism, but they were good to take care of their people. Right now with the COVID and the pandemic in the world, capitalism doesn't work. So do you think this is one of the biggest problems for America right now? Yeah, uh, Matilda, I don't think capitalism is the problem because I'm a huge fan of capitalism. And um, if you ask my kids, yeah, they say, oh, that is like talking about money. Yes, 
I'm a huge fan of capitalism. Capitalism is what's going to save this world because we need problems that have been that that will be solved. Yes, America solves American entrepreneurs as other entrepreneurs worldwide. They create solutions to daily problems, and they are solving them gradually. So capitalism is not to blame, but greed and big, um, should I say, what Carla just mentioned now, regards um, she's not a um, scientist, or, but when it comes to what is currently being rolled out right now, the toxins or the vaccines or what is the, whatever, it is, whatever has been rolled out right now, the due process was not, the established due process for rolling out vaccines was not followed. So, yeah, big, uh, big pharma, big profits. These are, these are what is actually spoiling or giving capitalism a bad, a bad rap. I believe in capitalism, that capitalism is saving the world right now, every day, providing solutions to our daily, daily challenges. So capitalism is not to blame. I'm interested to see what Simon is thinking. Simon, what do you think? Is capitalism to blame? Hey, hey what, what, excuse me, guys, one second. We had some comments in here uh, from OJ. He said a good job. Um, from Fred, Fred Villalobos, he said, the only ones laughing at us, the only ones laughing are big tech companies. And then the last comment right here from uh, Sasha Serge, USA due to history determines the no limits concept and economy. They failed because there's a physical limit and the economy is going to a new global path in different places like China or India who invest and understand the limits. Um, Sasha, not sure quite limits you're talking about, but uh, please just type in energy determines everything, economy and geostrategy. That's why USA, US is not alone anymore because of those limits. Okay, Fred, um, Simon, uh, excuse me one second. And uh, Okakuro Ono OS Vo, excuse me, I'm gonna just call it Oka. Uh, greed is a major ingredient uh, no, in capitalism. Uh, no, see, no, it's not Oka. It's Okakuro Onos Okwewu. All right. I couldn't have said it better myself. I couldn't have said it better myself, right? Greed, oh, yeah. greed is a major ingredient in capitalism. we rather call it fervor. LOL. That one I got. All right. You ain't, hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. But, but, well, I would but, say, but, um, but, okay, well, see, we got this guy. Fred Villalobos, but also allows for vaccine development done in warp speed that would otherwise be impossible. That's assuming the vaccines are actually successful. Just because you're pumping something out and you've missed a seven to ten year trial period doesn't mean it's going to be successful. You've got to wait to see the outcome, whether you know, I won't even go into slandering certain big pharmaceutical companies, but where I would say this governments fall down, and I'm not just talking about America, I'm talking about any capitalist society, is where big business is allowed to finance politics. If you stop that, then the politicians can actually start to do their job without fear of losing their seat based on non-funding from big business. Yeah? What do you think, Nelson? Well, you know, I mean, I, I agree with that, but you got to even take a step, one second, Marianne Rothman, capitalism makes for extreme wealth and that fosters social inequality. Okay. All right. Not always. Um, but what I would say is it, it kind of starts more at the individual level. Okay. Like T 
teaching civics, all right? You have individuals that have extreme wealth um, and they are very civic minded. So to me, the wealth just makes people more of what they are. I don't want to blame wealth. I don't want to blame capitalism on things. It's it's like a it's like a tool, okay? Like a gun. Um, okay, you're gonna have to help me out with his name, or else his name is gonna be Ori. Okay, okay. You, you got two oh, seconds. Yeah. Go for it. What what's the name? Ori Shemetosan. Exactly. Okay. I think the American people voted <laughs> Trump into power for wrong reasons. Four years on, and they have a chance, and they had a change of heart. Because an American is a compassionate and helpful person. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you say his name again? Because I want to get this one down. All right. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this one of your brothers or sisters? Um... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's my thing. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So, but, but th this is an interesting, okay? I think the American people voted Trump into power for the wrong reasons. Four years on, and they have had a change of heart because an American is a compassionate and helpful person. Well, see, that's funny that that person says that because one, have you been to America? Would be my first question. Two, yes, you do get some kind people, but you get some really other side of the rails people. I think one of the biggest issues in America, I'm not an advocate for anti-gun, but I am saying is everybody got a gun? That's where you can have storming and capitals and all those kind of things. Um, we've had our riots here for four days with the young people. Imagine they all had guns. We know how that would have gone down. <laughs> It'd have been a, do you see what I mean? Because there's a lot, the British um, press doesn't show the world. Um, people been protesting, shouting outside Buckingham Palace pedophile pedophile there's a lot a lot of things that are going on that they always subdue and um if we had put guns in the mix it would have been an interesting cocktail i'll tell you yep, <laughs> yeah but okay so okay so let's just go with that okay that goes back to people and civics right um i do not blame guns for violence i blame people for violence right right mm. i blame people for violence i do not blame mm. the tool for violence okay, Daniel, that's are, like, you are you pro gun huh are you pro gun it's not a pro gun or not pro gun i'm a pro civics uh -huh. okay you i'm a what? pro people because I'm you don't I, I, look the, the guy who put that uh bomb in the rv in nashville tennessee he didn't have a gun but he took out like two city blocks you see what i mean so it's a civics thing. It's a people thing. It's an accountability thing. That, you know what that's like saying, Nelson? That's like saying, I'm not anti-matches, but, but you're giving a child matches. Well, and that's then, just it. You see, I wouldn't expect for you to give a gun to a child. But people okay, are emotional. I, so it's the same equivalent. Right. People mm -hmm. are emotional. When you come home and if you find, God forbid, your partner, she's doing something she didn't with the postman or milkman, emotions, emotions get high. Now, if you don't have weapons, you may just give them a punch up. But if you have a gun, you could take it to the extreme. Right, because we know that nobody's kitchen has a bunch of sharp knives in it, right? Yes, right? but nope, if nope. you have to run away from a knife, then it is a gun. Thank you. If Simon, your on. examples are crazy. No, it's, it's not crazy. It's the typical situation. 
you come home and some think of how many do you know how many men are in jail in england for manslaughter and it's usually because they've come home and they caught their partner cheating men deal with things violently if you uh, think, i'm telling you that you're, no i'm just telling you hey, telling hey one, you one second one, one second we got a comment here fred the problem of elected officials okay and <laughs> fred <laughs> Fred Vigilobos, that happened to me. I was armed. Laugh out loud. Nelson knows. <laughs> I didn't kill anyone. All right. Um, well, I have a question. Okay. I, I might have been trying to hold them down. So, okay, another one here from Fred. The problem of politicians in our country are lobbyists. How does a senator or a congressman that is elected for office making $150,000 a year become a millionaire within seven years? So now we're talking again about corruption and accountability. Okay. I would Correct. ask you this, Nelson, since I know your political view um, about this, but I want to see how you, you look at it now. Like President like Biden presidency can be like a band-aid because America is facing underlying structural challenges. This is a challenge for decades, like not for one administration. What do you think? How can America become great again. I mean, after listening to these people, they we don't they don't look at us that way anymore. So, how do you think America can be great again as an American and as a? Well, okay. I mean, the, the the first thing is is that the United States is a big experiment, right? We're, we're a big experiment. Um, there was a Frenchman. Uh, actually, he has one of the best uh, maritime security companies in the United States. He's French, and he said that the U.S. Constitution was more important than the Bible. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, Nelson, nowhere in the Bible are your rights guaranteed. And I was like, I never thought about that. He said, nowhere in the Bible are your rights guaranteed. So it's not a question of becoming America great again. Okay, America has always been great. America has been, you know, maybe manifest destiny wasn't such a good thing, but um, well, it was, unfortunately the execution of it wasn't that good. The, this is a test. This is a big test of the system. Um, this is a big test of our system, of our democratic system. Okay, this is a test of it, and it needs to be tested. The institutions get to be tested, and this is a test of it. Um, for it to continue, again, I go back to you. Got to have things like civics, right? Civics. Hey, what does it mean to be a good citizen? I would venture to say because that's no longer taught in schools anymore. It was corny, whatever the heck it was. Um, a lot of folks, I'm sure a lot of those people who went and demonstrated and went to, um, some people call them terrorists, some people call them rioters, who went to Capitol Hill, they don't know that you just got to write a letter to your congressman or your senator if you got a problem. You can go online. I've done it. I get results that way. So um, that, that was a big, big, big thing also again fred mentioned this i think social media people get into silos and they get reinforced what they already believe you know it reinforces what they already believe versus learning something new i think Sasha yeah, has a very yeah. interesting point here it's saying do you want to read it nelson yeah um and i think that might have been before no okay yeah sasha surge the level of energy determines the growth in economy you have studies who are shown that the relation between energy and development yeah that makes sense um well kind of look at saudi arabia the crisis are just the consequences of the lack of energy you'll see usa sunni venezuelan oil 
and control resources in Iran. It is just about energy. Economy is nothing else. And energy determines everything, geostrategy, pollution, et cetera. Um, just to let you know, the United States does not import oil anymore. We are a net exporter of oil. Okay, We do not import oil. We learned our lessons from the 1973 oil embargo from the Saudis. Okay, We actually export oil. Okay, and okay, Victor, go for it with that name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see what notes now. Yeah, I know it's saying America's, um, America's, America remains great, and America's greatness is not in question. Our the institutions remain sacrosanct, and up to last week has not failed them. Okay, and uh, I'll, I'll repeat it. He said, Our institutions. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Kingsley, yeah. Kingsley. You know what? We're just going to go with Kingsley. Trump had better mm -hmm. communication to a higher number and seized power in both his country and party despite being a midfist for his position. Yeah, I agree. He had a great communication skills. Exactly. And, and Hillary didn't do herself any favor, okay? I want to mention one thing before we closing down because I want you know people to realize how America is important in the world. You know, like America won the Cold War in 1989 because we were respected uh people were respecting american system no one right now wants to role model america or if you guys think people are still i mean other countries want to role model america back then we had very good ideas i don't know why we don't have good ideas anymore as an as an american in whole what do you think americans represent now can I point out something? And, and by the way, I think Matilda is saying for us to go around on that. Um, and those insurgents are motivated by a leader that has more charisma. Trump has duende. Is that the same like in Spanish? Duende? Duende? Yeah, duende is, is like a duende is like a uh, bad wizard. Well, he has charisma. I mean, He's actually interesting. If he wasn't a politician, he was in the TV and talking, and like, um, and we were like, "Wow, he's a very funny guy." You laugh. Unfortunately, he has power, so you're like, "Okay, no, this is not just a joke." What he's saying. He can be a very nice comedian, or he can be a very nice actor. I like what. And now I'm thinking, if you're gonna go away, CNN will be very dull. With him, it was very interesting with his hair, with his, you know, he would come and say funny things, and you're like, "Whoa." <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what, Matilda, what you're yeah. doing there is exactly what the opposite um, political side did. They looked at him and underestimated him because he used simple words for simple working class people, which they could understand and we could relate to. And they said, yeah, fair enough. We can, we can work with that. We'll give you a chance. But Exactly. I think he had one second. The US from Marianne, the US imported oil from Saudi Arabia up until last week. There you go. Okay, go ahead, from Marianne. Also, I was just going to say, in, um, in addition to what Simon was saying, I think a lot of people forget that countries run as businesses. So when you want, people don't understand sometimes that politics is a form of business. And when you are running a country, if your country is in massive debt, which it was when Trump was elected, and it has been for a while, the best person to run the country, therefore, would be a businessman. And so I don't think it was any shock that one of America's best businessmen became um, the president. No? Yeah, but I mean, that, again, that's a narrative. And when it comes to running a country, it's governance. A business person 
just doesn't have the, and it depends what kind of business, right? Um, when you're talking governance, you, you're not just talking, it, it's such a huge all encompassing thing. I mean, if some guy says, hey, I'm in real estate, I'm good in real estate, but governance is a whole different animal. It's yeah, a but whole entire different animal. Politics Nelson. isn't about business. It's not yeah, just about yeah. governance, um, Nelson, because if it was just about governance and who can manage people and things like that, there'd be far more women in politics because yeah. women are good at governance. So, right. <laughs> Well, well, okay, all right. Well, let me. Well, there's, there's plenty of women in politics. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me. All right, look. There's always been a first lady in the White House, right? She, she, she. <laughs> there's always been a first lady in the White House, and she always gets the ear of the president. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Matilda, back to you. Okay. I want to. Uh, I want to. I mean, we, we need to wrap it up, and I want to wrap it up with this idea that you know America exported a lot of democracy around the world over the last decades. I mean, I'm from Iran, and I can mm -hmm. definitely say that. Trying to be police of the world, maybe, maybe what America needs not right now is to keep this democracy for himself and a little bit work on himself because you have to start from home. Do you think what has done America, do you think all these decades of policing around and showing other countries what to do and how to do things, do you think America made it a safer place for us to live or no? I mean, we've been in a lot of wars or we but, can't but, but, first of all, well, America, do. Go on, go on, Nelson. Uh, Victor, sorry, go on. Yeah, so um, just a question. Yes, true, America has been going about other people's business for a long time. And I think they've learned a thing or two from, um, mostly from African countries, how not to release power. Because Trump right now has, or he's trying to perfect the art of not releasing power. So Trumpism, which you mentioned earlier on, yeah, has been happening here for a long time. So it was just, maybe the name was just coined lately or so. But if you don't want to release power, it is, I think, African countries right now, elected officials now have been releasing, going from democracy to, the, um, from elections to elections, Allowing the winner to take to take all, which um, sorry to just bring in Trump in Zimbabwe because I've been dying to talk that since. But anyways, yeah, America but, has done that to other countries for a long time. Now I think they failed to look inwards to like realize that see we need to really educate our people more on what's actually happening okay. to us. They need to look more inward than I think spend some time to look in, 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 inside their own house. Um, what about you, Kaula? What do you think? You have uh, you lived in Middle East for a long time. What do you have to say? Uh, unmute yourself. Well, actually, I don't think that America has exported democracy on all over the world. Actually, they do uh, have interest in some in some countries. I mean, they have started the war on Iraq and, and they were involved with Israel and other things. So I don't think that um, they did have intentions to improve things. Leaders wanted to improve things. But I do think they, they had intentions to involve in other um, countries' business. And I think that 
the 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 real strength in in America is the military, because when they have military, they can get anything from other countries. So I do think that, and um, and I think that the, the American citizens they need really to before um, uh, voting for someone, they really need to ask the right questions about the leader and their political party. Uh, do they really uh, try to um, uh, emphasize individualism or equality? Do they really um, um, want to, to have uh, a better America or what their real intentions are? And this thing is very hard to, to find, very hard to understand because there are a lot of uh, influence from from uh, from high tech corporation that they are that like Simon said they are um, financing this uh, political movements and I think that we all the citizens of the world I think that they have the freedom to choose their leaders but I think it's an illusion we don't have the freedom because we are bombarded with informations from from mainstream media or from 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 other informations we do think we need to be critical about. Uh, uh, the leader that you are electing, in, not in America, I mean, in every country. Great. Okay, I think we need to close it out. It's, we've passed the time. One second, Matilda. Just on the note of America exporting democracy. America exporting democracy, like England, France, Spain, and Portugal did during the slavery times when they brought the Bible in one hand and chain in the other. They just come with democracy, gun, and that was it. They're, they're not doing anyone any favours. They need to sort out their own problems, focus on themselves, and stop bothering other people in the short of it. Okay, wow. Matilda, right quick, let me read from Serge, and then I'll I'll wrap up, okay, on my side. Um, Sasha Serge, you just... You just um summarize um, what i said nelson for the moment all production is high but check projections for the future from scientists this is exactly the problem short-term vision without understanding the physical limits of the united states i think what sasha surge means is the physical production limits physical production limits in an economy um and miss v uh females in politics yet no female president but we got that vice president ever interesting and uh, she's black too. Ever interesting for such a modern, democratic, and apparently progressive country. Uh, well, you know what? In about six days, she's going to be vice president, right? So there we go. So, um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, the, the US tries to export its values, right? Now, there's a lot of things that go bad along the way. I'm going to give a quick example of Colombia, right? My, I was in Colombia, I went there as a military. And it's great. It's a beautiful thing. Ten years ago, you could not travel to Colombia from one city to the other without basically being kidnapped. That was a Colombian citizen. Um, and it's great uh, dealing with the FARC. Now, you can travel all over Colombia without having to worry about the fear of kidnapping. Um, They're having free elections. Actually, and um, Ms. V, she says, vice is not president. She's just on the hallway. Um, so, so, but she will come, she will come. She, she, she's just on the hallway. And, um, so that is an example. Okay. Of, and I, con and I consider that to be a success story, you know, right there. Um, Matilda back to you. Yeah. And I think we need to wrap it up. Um, it was very lovely to talk to you guys. I think we can talk about it a couple of times as well, but 
for now i think we need to say goodbye thank you people for listening and i hope americans are listening this and they're realizing we need a lot of work to do in our system and um we need to start at home and not governing other countries and last well, thing i just want to say uh kingsley the american population now needs more civic reorientation of tolerance um i agree maybe even acceptance i just want to say one thing i want to say thank you very much to all of our listeners and our audience that participated thank you we'd love to have you join in the discussion and feel free to share back to you Matilda. Mm -hmm. um thank you guys uh well uh, maybe we can introduce our podcast one more time and then we go simon let's go I'm Simon, Africa Investing Stories. If you want to invest in Africa, then listen to my podcast. Carla. I'm Carla from the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast for parents and teachers of kids between the ages of 5 and 14 years old. Carla. I'm Carla from the podcast Women Stories, where I share real stories from women around the world. Victor. I'm Victor, Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. And um, yeah, if you want to learn anything you need to do to kick your nine to five and become a lifestyle entrepreneur, check out my podcast. And our American uh, Nelson. <laughs> hey, I'm Nelson Desembrano. <laughs> I'm Nelson Desembrano from Guess What? Investing in America. Hey. <laughs> We're talking about how to invest in the US and we have great interviews with interesting entrepreneurs that have nothing to do with real estate, great business practices. Thank you, everyone. And uh, watch us next Monday, 7 p.m. London time. Bye. Bye. Bye.